Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real-world value. Have you ever noticed that many people in the NFT community seem to absolutely hate Bitcoin maxis? Have you ever considered why? In case you don't know what a Bitcoin maxi is, that is someone who absolutely thinks that Bitcoin is the only cryptocurrency that will matter in the future. Of course, that is their opinion, so there really is no harm done there, right? So why do so many NFT enthusiasts absolutely hate that opinion and the people that are considered to be Bitcoin maxis? Well, today we're going to discuss maxis and explain this Web3 culture clash that is going on right now, and this war is only intensifying. So yesterday I spoke about toxic positivity and that was in reference to people that are faking this happiness and just being so positive and trying to wag me and lift everything up. Well, this is going to be the exact opposite. We're going to talk about toxic maxis, which is there's nothing positive whatsoever about it. And a toxic maxi or someone who considers himself to be a Bitcoin maxi is often given that label of being toxic. And that is because a lot of the times they are identifying NFT communities and projects and especially on Twitter, if there are going to be Twitter spaces, they often show up in them and they start trolling. Normally, they roll in groups, sometimes large groups, sometimes it's just one solo person, but usually they show up two, three at a time into a particular space and then they crash there. They get their hands up and they operate in numbers for the simple fact that if 10 of them are in the room and 10 of them ask to speak, well, at least one of them is going to get on stage and they'll go from space to space to space and do this. And if you've never really been in Twitter spaces, this might sound like a foreign thing to you. So let me just explain what exactly happens. Long story short, Twitter has a feature where basically you can have a live audio experience. And it's basically like listening to the radio or a podcast, except it's live and it's happening right there. And you can raise your hand and volunteer to go up. If they call you up on the stage, you can turn on your mic, add to the conversation and everything. So what usually happens is People come up on stage and they ask a question to the host or they give their comments, their input, and they just try to keep the dialogue going. And that's just a part of the interactiveness of the space. This was obviously pioneered by Clubhouse and Twitter ended up copying it. And since that is the NFT home, that's what's going on right now. So back to this whole thing. These Bitcoin maxis love to come up on the stage and they throw some crazy question out there that is obviously to just create commotion and really drag down the whole room. And it's usually because they are maxis and these are ETH or Soul or whatever projects it is. And because it is an on Bitcoin, they just do not respect it. And that is why a lot of the times there is so much animosity and angst against them. And usually if someone has laser eyes or their profile is all about Bitcoin and all of that stuff. Host will often say is, well, so-and-so, I see that your hand is up. However, it seems like you're a Bitcoin maxi and I can't pull you up because usually they try to troll my space and I just can't really have that right now. So I'm sorry if you have a question, just DM me and things like that always happen. Now, as we're moving more towards this whole Ethereum merge, which is basically, I've mentioned it before, but in summary, it is switching over from the proof of work network, which is very heavily reliant on computers, just cramming down a whole bunch of calculations to work out this math problem to validate the information. So it is really every transaction is dependent on raw, heavy computing power. It takes a lot of electricity. It's not very fast. And that is the reason why all the negative things are said about Ethereum and blockchains in general, but it's really just a proof of work thing, meaning that it takes a lot of electricity in comparison to 
another type of network. And Ethereum is switching over. And this whole process is called the merger. So they're basically changing the entire way the blockchain validates and keeps that ledger or that open record of everything. So because of this, maxis of Bitcoin maxis, I should say, absolutely jump onto that and say, see, there is no way why you should trust this thing, because if the foundation and the developers can roll out such a major change, it is obviously a centralized blockchain. The power is in very few hands because on Bitcoin, that is pretty much impossible to make such a major change. And this merger that we're getting ready to see is something that really wouldn't come up. Now, if you've listened to me before, you've probably heard me bring up the Bitcoin standard, which is I think the best book explaining currencies in general, but cryptocurrencies, why Bitcoin is the way it is, the value of it, comparing it to gold and other assets. And it's pretty much the Bible for a Bitcoin maxi. And I always recommend this because it gives you a great understanding of why Bitcoin is valuable and all of this stuff in comparison to currency, because most people have no clue why we're willing to go to work for currency and what is the true value in it and how governments run on this stuff and anything. So I always like to point people there. It is a long book, but is just trust me, it is better than a semester of college economics or anything of that nature. If you're in college, I mean, you'd be better off taking this book as an elective than sitting in class and listening to your professor give all these historical hypotheticals and obviously, um, it is what it is. I went to business school, so I know what it was like intro to economics and all that. But going back to all of this, a Bitcoin maxi is going to quickly point out that any kind of major change could not take place on the Bitcoin network because it would have to require too many people or too many different parties to agree to it. And there's so many stakeholders that are involved, all these mining rigs all over the world, people that are making money on this, depending on this, building their infrastructure to help to support the network. So for them to change and go from proof of work over to proof of stake is really not going to be in the alignment of the majority of people to switch over. And to get people to vote on anything, it's just, it's very difficult. But in the case of the Bitcoin now, to any major change, it's going to require so many people to agree to the change that it is basically impossible. For example, if you've noticed that there is Bitcoin cash also on the market, and the reason why there's two blockchains is because if you've noticed or heard, I should say, that Bitcoin cannot support the entire world transacting on it and it is just not scalable enough meaning that transactions are not happening fast enough and at volume enough to let's say replace a visa which is infinite which is magnitudes larger i mean the scale is just incomprehensible let's say a visa or a mastercard or any kind of traditional thing where tens of thousands hundreds of thousands of transactions can happen in minutes right or seconds i should say and throughout the day the number of transactions on mastercard on any given day is more than bitcoin has an entire year probably in its existence i mean it's absolutely ridiculous how much transactions happen on those networks in one second so the way they decided to do this, there were two approaches basically on how they're going to scale this to bring Bitcoin to the masses. And the result of that, without going into all the technical details, happened in a split. People that wanted to go with one idea ended up on this Bitcoin cash and they thought, well, this was the way to scale it, get it to the masses. And they went with a different approach than what the original Bitcoin was. And that's why there is two Bitcoins. They're completely unrelated, unaffiliated 
but the vast majority of people stuck with the original Bitcoin. And they will point to that as being proof that you can't get the network to agree on any major change. And that's why Bitcoin, for all of its criticisms, being slow, clunky, expensive to transact, very hardware intensive and all these different things, only strengthens their claim. It's because the people cannot agree on anything. So the original code is basically not going to change. No major changes are happening. So a huge change that's happening over on Ethereum, such as switching over from a proof of work to a proof of stake, only strengthens their argument in saying, well, that is a centralized thing and there's no way that could happen over on Bitcoin. Therefore, despite being the number two cryptocurrency, it is nowhere near the value or significance of Bitcoin and it will probably be irrelevant in the future. Now, that is a stance that they take and they have no way of pulling punches. They are just blunt to the point. And when they show up in these spaces and start trolling, I mean, it's just ridiculous, right? And that's their whole thing. They just do not respect other blockchains. And of course, there's some people that are in it just for the fun. They could very well have NFTs on another Twitter account or something. And they are, you know, holders of multiple cryptocurrencies. But for the sake of trolling, they assume the, the Bitcoin maxi persona and hop in spaces. So if Ethereum operated like Bitcoin by the sheer decentralization number of users on it, stakeholders that are in there, of course, with their hardware, equipment and all those different things, this sort of thing wouldn't happen. And Ethereum actually had a split already. I don't know if you know this, but there is also Ethereum Classic on the network. And if you look at it, you might think there is something very similar to that. And there actually is. What happened was originally the original DAO it was called the DAO, Decentralized Autonomous Organization, was on Ethereum Classic. And long story short, Someone looked at the smart contract, the coding, and all of that stuff, and figured out how to get it to execute and siphon off massive amounts of value. I mean, millions of dollars were basically stolen from the DAO, but technically it wasn't a steal or a hack because the code did what it was expected to do. It was written correctly. This person just found the exploit within the code and got it to execute, and it did its job. So what the response was, was to split the network. So there's Ethereum Classic, the network where that fraud, or I shouldn't even say fraud, where that compromise in the wallet, I guess you would say, took place. And then there is Ethereum, which is the new network. So although we're going to quote unquote Ethereum 2.0, but they've stopped using that term anyways, but whatever, this merge that we're coming up on, it's technically not the first major split within Ethereum. So if you go on Ethereum Classic and you look back on that and you scan through all of the transactions, you'll see where that DAO, the original DAO was drained of all those funds. But you won't see that on the Ethereum that we currently use for all the NFTs and all of that stuff. And when these things happen, it just adds fuel to the fire for Bitcoin maxis. And it proves their point in saying that, look, that could never happen on Bitcoin. And that's why it's the only thing that matters fraud and all sorts of craziness that happens over on Ethereum, if that could be erased, your wealth and everything that you're storing up could also be erased with a split, a fork in the chain, as they like to call it. Therefore, Bitcoin is the only thing that matters. So with all that said, that is a viewpoint. That is their argument. I mean, it has some legs to it in the sense that a truly decentralized network can't make all of those changes as easily as Ethereum can. And in theory, assets on that network 
aren't as secure and valuable as something that is on the Bitcoin network. But I would love to know, what are your thoughts on all of this? Have you come across any Bitcoin maxis? And I'm not saying they're all terrible people and this and that. Um, no, um, this is just a broad overview of what the sentiments are towards Bitcoin maxis within the NFT community. And what I have personally seen, or I should say heard, because I don't see audio conversations on Twitter. I am tuned into them. And I'm listening to them. And it's usually the Bitcoin maxis that are trolling NFT projects. So have you come across that? I would love to know what your thoughts are with that. Please feel free to reach out to me at Tropic Vibes on Twitter. But as usual, I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to this as we're learning and building Web3 together. So until next time, later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.